Thanks for tuning in to Pacey Performance Bite Size. So in this episode, I chat to Pordy Roach, who works at the Arsenal Academy. In this clip, he gives an incredible insight into their philosophy at the Arsenal Academy. And it's great to get such an open, honest appraisal of an organisation and what they do. But just before we do dive into this episode with Pordy, I want to say a big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today. So if you're looking for a free, yes, free solution to collect subjective data with your athletes and display it and visualize it, give it to coaches, make sure you check out AMS Lite from Rock Daisy. Superb. So let, let's let's have a little chat about Arsenal. So I'm using the basis of Des Ryan's UKCA talk from a couple of years ago because I thought it was a great a great. Uh, keynote keynote and that and I, i've watched it a couple of times and he's great to listen to just purely for the accent as similar to you it's great to listen to um so just talk us talk us through the the, the model that you've created at arsenal i mean in, in the in the lecture des went through the um the amount of staff that have been brought on board and things like that so it might be good to get a a bit of a um a story of how it's been built since you've been there over the last five or six years and then dive into the detail of what you're actually doing and why you're doing it. Yeah, so I suppose when um, when Des came on board here six years ago, uh, there was very little academy structure in regards to sports science, sports medicine. I think there was one full-time S&C slash fitness coach and one physio here at the London Colony Academy. And there was the same at the Youth Academy, which caters for eight squads. So Des came in... Um, I had a look around as Des does. He he's very good at coming in, assessing, you know, taking time to get to know people, have a look at what's needed. And there was a a gross lack of contact time with the boys and stuff because there was no staffing. So then Des, I think, put in place and, and had the budget to do so to get some staff together. And uh we started working on that together when I first moved over. Um he had hired some other staff. Um, to to run different programs, it was more physios brought in, and from there, then he just really just his vision all the time was to develop world class soccer players. That was that was the remit, and from there, I came on board um in two thousand and thirteen, and Des just said, "Go in, see what this needs." Uh, this was at the under nines, under sixteens program. Go in, see what's needed here as regards what you think structure wise, etc. At the time, so from there, it was me and another full-time guy called Noel Carroll who we took on shortly after we came here, and we then went looking for interns. We saw Des believed that people were key in this process, uh, having good people with the young players. Um, so we had very, very stringent interviews, very strict interviews, and lots of people applying for these positions. And uh, we took on two interns to work alongside myself and Noel and, and get the program started in in the Hale End Academy first, which is the youth development section. So at the time we were training out of a marquee. It had three little racks, a few dumbbells. Um, it was functional. It was functional. But what we were looking at doing was just building a structure of getting young football players used to strength and conditioning contact time, whether that was warm-ups, cool-downs, athletic development sessions, um, and from there, it was just a case of building relationships with the coaches and with the staff uh, and the players more so. Because at the time, it, and still in a lot of clubs in football, strength and conditioning is, is, is not a big thing. Um, 
And at the time, as I said, there wasn't much going on here with regards to strength and conditioning due to small staffing levels. So we were very conscious of not just coming in and stepping on toes, coming in and upsetting coaches, technical coaches who had been here uh, most of their lives as players, as coaches, uh, as staff. So building relations was was definitely the, the most rewarding battle at the start, getting to know people and people getting to know us that we're here to help their players get better. Um, and then that in line with that, the other structure, because we work out of two training centres, the under-18 and under-23s were training at the first team ground. And Des was really heading up that, that structure there with uh, with the other S&C staff, Ivan McCandy, Sam Wilson, and uh, we had some interns there as well. Jerry Flannery, the famous Irish rugby player, Johnny O'Connor, was working there, uh, who now have gone on to work with Munster and Connacht subsequently. Um so they really drove another strong culture of building relations with the, with the boys, getting them used to what we would consider athletic development. And that took time. So it took a lot of relationship building and all the time working in small facilities um, with the vision of down the road, building a performance centre for the academy. Um, so from there, there's at all the time was very keen on developing a philosophy and developing the Arsenal Athletic Development Plan pathway and having that as a document that underpinned and governed what we've done every day. And that's uh, that's an organic document. I suppose this is the most important part of our day-to-day work is the athletic development pathway, which is uh, it's a living, breathing thing that's also it's organic. It's been added to, it's been taken away. So from that, um, there's wanted to see how do Arsenal approach, how do they, how do we approach physically developing young players? And he had many conversations with various stakeholders and staff within the academy. And it was actually the doctor, Dr. Jez Steinberg, who came up with a narrow approach. Like Des was looking at pyramids. Should we have a pyramid building the base up to the point of performance? It was actually it was Dr. Jez who came up with a fantastic idea of the arrow approach which is an arrow leading to the right. And within that arrow, you have got four sections, functional competency, movement skills, integrated conditioning, planning and periodization. So you're always looking to build on those and move forward. Um, And that was what governed, I suppose, our day-to-day work to start was building relationships, but looking at functional competency across all the athletes, building on that first before we go on to more complex work, um, like strength, power, speed development, because we could have a top-class gifted athletic footballer but he might have a very low training age and subsequently what we were seeing when we first came here there was a lot of injuries soft tissue type injuries from overload or underload uh, maybe overload on the pitch underload in athletic development or vice versa so we had to look at that build relationships plan monitor look at sessions and get the coach on side that you know it's, it's not necessary to do a two and a half hour session maybe a 90 minute session that with intensity with a good warm-up and some speed drills might be a better option. So from there, we really drove that, that arrow approach forward uh, and day by day planned and progressed that as much as we could. So, so what, does, what does functional competency mean, Powdy? So, so for us, functional competency is being an efficient mover. So yeah. we carry out screening at a very high level here. We carry out screening three times a year, pre-season screening, was brought in when we started. There was screening done here, but uh, it was down to staffing again. They, we didn't have the staff to do high high level stuff. So, can you take us through screening that screening? First. So yeah, so preseason when a boy, so screening 
we screen players from nine to twenty three. So that's a probably two hundred and forty boys. Um, we we're looking out at that. That's evolving all the time, and, and we're using technology to help us there. But traditionally, we would have done the orthopedic screen, joint boy joint screen with the physio and the doctor. That was done with uh, and a cardiac screen, um, which is a requirement of the FA now for any boys that are going on international duty. And and within that, then you're looking at joint by joint mobility, stability problems that we need to look at. And after we've done all those screenings, the physios and conditioning coaches would sit down and put together a corrective exercise or rehab, prehab based uh, kind of program. And that that ultimately is that underpins everything we do here is functional competency, because we believe you can be strong and powerful and athletic and have natural ability. But if you're not functionally competent, then maybe you can't express that strength, power and speed efficiently. Um, so that's pre-season. We, we carry out that screening. Um, we've done the FMS for five years. Um, we've moved on from that um, in the last 12 months for various reasons. We still believe in it. So we still see it has a purpose. I know people say the FMS has its flaws. Um, with regards, you can train a person to get a better score in the FMS. Well, we see it as a snapshot, really, of 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 how a person moves. So we have been using that quite a lot. And uh, recently, more recently, with the older boys from the 18s to 23s, we're, we're working with a PhD student looking at the DARI motion capture um, system, which is a markerless video system looking at uh, biomechanics of, of 18 to 19 different movements. So that's something that we're kind of looking at but keeping under wraps at the moment uh, so that we get better data and have a look at how it's really working. And we, we want screening to be an efficient and effective process that it's you're not trawling through data, data, data or reviewing screens all the time that a person can go in and do some movements within this system and we know straight away if their norms are, are above and below par. So functional competency is, is something we work very hard on that Everything we do daily leads to mobility, stability first, um, movement through full range in every exercise we do, proper speed mechanics where appropriate. We look at all those things before we look at load or high level plyometrics or ballistic work or even conditioning. So we want all our young boys from 9 to 23 to be efficient movers. So that, so Paddy, that, that diary um, motion capture, that's replaced the FMS? Is that right? Um, no, the FMS, the FMS came. It was interesting. Um, we still use the FMS occasionally. Um, at the, what what we were finding was that the, the physios were carrying out an orthopedic screen, joint by joint, angle by angle, uh, muscle strength, muscle stiffness. Um, we were also videoing the boys for postural stuff, so they would do a series of exercises, a lunge overhead, squat, etc., with a plumb line. So we were getting all this data and then carrying out the FMS. So we were we felt that maybe we had what we needed from and probably had what we needed from the orthopedic screen and, and the video session. So the FMS then um, dropped out just this preseason and actually it might be something that we add back in because it's quite useful. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pasty Performance Bite Size. So the full episode with Pauly can be found on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, etc. And is episode number 228. It's actually followed up with a part two as well. So also big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today. And I look forward to chatting to you soon.